0: Welcome back to More Than Tracy Turnblatt, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment and media. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I am talking with Brittany Wilborn, plus-size model, dancer, and actress. Brittany and I had a great conversation all about making fitness more fat-inclusive, the hierarchy of bodies within the plus-size community, and the educational experiences that shaped her growing up. I'm super excited for you guys to hear it, but first I want to remind you that this is the finale of season two, last episode. And after this, we're going to be going on a hiatus for two months. However, during that time, there will be two bonus episodes, one in February, which is a Q&A with dating coach Kristen Moraccio, and one in March, which is the Fat Amy special episode. And that episode is going to be kind of a preview of the sort of content that you will be getting on the Patreon. So if you subscribe to our Patreon, we're going to start posting two bonus episodes per month starting in February. And at least one of those episodes will be on a specific piece of fat representation that I will watch either with my assistant producer, Maya, a past guest, or really anybody. We'll see what happens. But join the Patreon to find out. The bonus episode perk starts at the $5 tier, which is called the Quirky Best Friend. And it's included with every tier above that, in addition to some bonus content like blog posts and essays by me and monthly fat artist support group meetings, depending which tier you join. So if you're going to miss More Than Tracy Turnblad's weekly episodes during our hiatus, come join us on Patreon for bonus episodes every other week. Also, incredibly exciting news, Tuesday, February 1st, marks one year anniversary since the launch of More Than Tracy Turnblad, which came out last year on February 1st. I cannot believe it's been a whole year of making these episodes and exploring these kinds of topics with all of you and with my guests. It's been amazing. Not only has it given me this space to talk about these things that I never really got to talk about before and really, really needed to talk about, it's allowed me to connect with so many people, both guests and listeners, about these kinds of topics and everybody on TikTok as well, because I started my TikTok to promote the podcast and now now it's grown so much but anyway i'm so glad that you are here with me and we made it through two seasons and now there's going to be a little break unless you're a patron in which case you are going to get some bonus episodes this next couple months otherwise i'll see you once in february once in march and then back to every other week in april cuz if you don't remember from last week we are going to start doing episodes every other week from now on so i'm so excited for what's to come And before we get into the interview, I do want to talk about just one more piece of fat representation that's really exciting to me that has recently come out, and that's the new series Somebody Somewhere, which stars Bridget Everett as this woman who's, like, middle-aged. She moves back to her hometown in Kansas to care for her dying sister, and the show starts after the sister has died, and she's, like, dealing with the grief, and the way that she processes it is she goes to these, like, cabaret open mic nights types of events organized by her fellow high school show choir member who she hasn't seen in years. It's a sweet and funny story. It stars a plus size protagonist and it really treats her size in a unique way which is to say that it doesn't really at least to this point. I mean there's like one point where she's like fat shamed briefly in one line but Other than that, she's just the protagonist of a TV show. She's getting so much screen time. I feel like I have not seen like the camera interact with a plus size person quite in this way where it's really like she takes up the space. She's the main person in the show and her fatness isn't even part of the plot or the reason why she's there. Like she's allowed to be a character without having to justify her fatness with the story. And this is so exciting. I also really like that she's not hyper feminine and she's not being dressed in a way that is quote flattering end quote. She's grieving and that fits the story. So I just really appreciate that they are not trying to make her look like the most maximum like palatable sexualized version of a plus size character they possibly could. I don't know if it's going to come into play more as the season goes on. I'm really excited to see it. But the first two episodes are out now on HBO Max, and you should definitely check that out if you are looking for, like, a very sweet and funny show that just happens to star a plus-size person. And by the way, there's also a ton of fat representation just, like, in the show. There are so many fat people just populating the world, and, and that includes her family members. Both of her parents are fat, too, and they're just the parents. They're fat because she's fat, and... It's almost like fatness is genetic. Ah! For more on that, see our episode with Harry Minot from last week. But for now, it's time to move forward to this week's episode with Brittany Wilborn. Hey, everyone. I want to share a project from one of our past guests with you. Sarai Cole has a new show coming out on February 6th on YouTube. It's called Weisendank Project, Poems in My Hand, and Sarai, with the help of director Mary Kelly, has used these classical songs to tell a relevant contemporary and relatable story of belonging. It features poetry from women of color and talks about her experiences and feelings of not belonging as a fat black woman in opera and the world at large. I found this piece to be so thought-provoking, and it also makes classical music really accessible. So definitely check it out, whether or not you're already an opera fan. And of course, you'll get to hear Sarai's incredible vocals. For more details about the project and to find out where to watch, visit www.poemsinmyhand.com. That's www.poemsinmyhand.com. Welcome
1: Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be on your podcast today.
0: I'm so excited to finally have you. This has been a long time in the making. So uh, first things first, I'd love for you to tell us how you first got into the arts.
1: Awesome. Well, I first got into the arts at an early, early age. Um, I remember being in grade school in first grade. And so that goes way back. Um, And there was a woman that had her own dance group and she was going around the classes, and who wants to be involved. And I'm like, me, nee, because at home I yeah. records all day long and put on my own little concerts. And so from first grade all the way until my 10th grade year in high school, I did with the same company called uh the gifted ones. And we put on productions and um, acting and skits, dancing, we sang. It was a beautiful situation. And so I think that's where I first started to fall in love with the arts. Um, and then just continued throughout, throughout life.
0: Amazing. And then um, where did size start to show up for you in that? Like, when did you first notice it?
1: Um, I would say middle school. I noticed that mm-hmm. I couldn't shop everywhere. And yeah. I wasn't, you know, like overly obese or anything like that but I just I've always had my mom always said I had gams that's old school for you know thick legs Um, I've always had booty and legs Mm -hmm. and things didn't fit I had curves at a younger age yeah I think that was a time where that wasn't normal whatever normal means yeah and so I'm probably like fashion vlogs. I got older to find things and um, it, it still wasn't the best option, but it was um, honestly the only option at that point. And then you know you had rainbow and dots as you get a little older. Um, but I do remember being you know feeling like oh I'm I'm kind of bigger, um, or I just couldn't find clothes that fit that I thought were were on trend or yeah. I felt comfortable in. So mm-hmm. I would say middle school is when I noticed, you know. And then you get to high school and you're like oh boys like curves, and then it's like well do I like them because they like me? And so it just became more, okay, just people like this, but what does it actually mean?
0: That's so interesting. Wow. That's that, like, I never had that experience. <laughs> I, I may not, I may just be like not the right like shape, but um, yeah. Can you speak more about that? Was that like jarring for you when that happened?
1: It was very, um, cause I was insecure. So when I got to high school, and the same boys that I knew in middle school were looking at me like, oh, hi, Brent. And I'm like, hi, I just saw you for two years. And I think just as you get older, your perception changes and what's in changes and what you like changes because you're getting older and you're you're hitting puberty and then you're coming out of puberty. And you're like, okay. And then you look at social media, which for us was MySpace. And watching MTV, um, watching the videos on BET, um, Roethlis and Park, you're seeing, you're having these visuals of what people in an industry look like and what's the standard of beauty. Um, so for me, it was just, I was very, um, at high school, I went to the Academy of the Arts in, in Hartford. Mm-hmm. I was an acting major and a dance minor. And so for me, I was only in my high school, my, my my main high school, half a day every day. So I didn't get the full brunt of the attention from all the boys initially. But during those days, I'm just like, what's wrong with you? I just I just saw you last year. Yeah. And then I realized it's because I'm, I'm growing, I'm filling out and, you know, they're growing. I've, I saw boys who were shorter than me who have now had a gold spurt over summer. So I think it was, uh, um, both genders were just trying to find themselves. Um, but for me, I just always had, uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't confident in high school. So for me, it was just, it was very foreign. Um, and I'm, you know, you like it. You're like, okay, somebody thinks I'm cute, you know, football player. That's handsome It's like, "Oh, you, you know I like your body." And it's like, "Oh, really?" So, I think it was just how do you navigate those waters? Yeah. You know, who who's your crew and, and what do they say and you know, it's just a very a very weird time to try to find yourself. And I think even after high school we're still trying to find ourselves.
0: Yeah, definitely. I really feel like um it it so depends on so many different factors like how you're treated in that regard like not definitely not every plus size person has the same experience i'm sure there's like a lot of differences in terms of like where you are what you exactly look like what time period it is because that kind of happened to me at college when i moved from a very like rural small town that was like very homogenous into a city and like suddenly mm. i was getting like cat called and that was so weird Because I I literally never had been before, like had never had to deal with anybody like making any kind of like sexual advance toward me. And suddenly it was happening and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) it was like I I felt like I thought I was safe from this. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, I want to ask you more about Greater Hartford Academy of the Arts. As uh, I'm probably a lot of New England theater people, I have a lot of friends who went there. But um, what was your experience like in a high school that was arts specific?
1: I fell in love. So prior to that, I went to the academy. uh, I went to the the, uh, great academy. No, what what is it called? I went to the middle school version of it. So that particular school was on a campus called the Learning Corridor. And that had a magnet um, grade school, a middle school, and the high school. And so being, I was the first class to get from the middle school piece, we were allowed classes at the high school to get exposed to it. And so my seventh grade year, I was taking classes at the Academy of the Arts. And I just, again, I was already in the arts with this particular group from, you know, first grade to now. And then I'm like, this is big time. Like, this is a Juilliard of Hartford. I, and I get to come here. So I felt very privileged. Um, all the instructors were actually people in their field. And so I had a speech impediment. I either talk too fast sometimes or I can stutter. And I used to get really embarrassed by that as a kid. And now as an adult, if you know me, you know what's gonna happen and I can literally laugh at it. However, with the Academy of the Arts, they taught me how to slow down, how to enunciate the cadence. So when I'm in an interview for something, it almost never happens when I do a musical or a play or a monologue. It literally never happens anymore. So for me, it was definitely life changing. They gave me so many tips and tricks. And then to get into the high school, you have to audition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I will never forget. They helped us get our pieces and I chose a Black Panther piece. I chose a male, a male piece, actually, and they helped me um, get it down, packed to a T. And it just spoke to me. And I went into the interview. It was about a piano. I think of six people. Um, The head of the acting department was Jonathan. And he had this long, scraggly gray beard. He was super sweet. And I went in there and I nailed it. I mean, a few of the the people on the piano were in tears. And then after that, you have to wait for your letter. And so a few of my friends, we all applied. And I never forget, mom said, hey, this is the letter. I'm like, can you open it? And She opened it and made me read it, and I was accepted into the academy. So I was excited. That was the first time I had to audition something that was that big to me. Um, So I went. And the academy, you know, was so diverse. I had friends of different backgrounds, cultures, colors. It was literally a melting pot. Um, All of the teachers were invested in students. And that's where I learned about uh, theater and backstage. So I just got a little bit of everything. And I think that is what a lot of us need to just be exposed to different, different things that you can do within yeah. the creative world. And you can find your niche that way. So I just, we put on full-scale performances. I was able to record a song. Um, I just met different people that looked like me, that didn't look like me. And we were all there for the common goal. And that was just to, to hone our talent. And to take it, uh, you know, next level up, up, up until you reach, the, you know, the sky. So, yeah,
0: it sounds, it sounds amazing. Like I'm, I'm, I want that for my past high school self. Um, did you encounter any kind of fat phobia or racism while you were there?
1: Um, fat phobia. So I remember we did a chorus line and I wanted to go out for it. But the, one of the parts that required it were like a leotard and tights. And I heard people in the background like, oh, well, you know, if you're, if you're over a certain size, you're not gonna look good or it's not gonna be flattering. And I'm just, and it wasn't directed at me, it was just a conversation. But was it towards me or was it was it you being ignorant to the fact that all bodies are good bodies and I can be a size 18? And granted, in high school, I was 100 pounds lighter than what I am now. Yeah. I'm a size 18, getting back to a 16. I was about 12, 14 in high school. So I, I wasn't as big as I am now. Less way less confident, ironically. But yeah, I, I did hear little things because so you have the dancer bodies and the ballet, and you have to be sleek and, and tall and slender. And, and so I definitely, I definitely saw it more so at the academy because people are, are, are auditioning for parts and they feel like they have to be a certain type of way to get these parts. And so I definitely saw it. Um, racism, no, which is an awesome thing. Yeah, because uh, again, it's a melting pot. I had friends that were all different colors, and I did. I cannot remember a time where I felt out of place being a, a black young girl.
0: That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So when you were like, when when you're talking about these like certain kinds of parts, what sort of things did they tell you that you were going to have to do?
1: Um. So when you audition. Again, goes back to the, the attire, you know, where you look good in your mm-hmm. leotard. Do you have tights that fit? And so those type of things. Now, I was also a dance minor. So when I danced, right. I knew there was a flowy skirt and some shoes. So that wasn't the issue. I felt so... I, I think what bothered me was when I started to dance and move. People were so shocked and amazed. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Did you really think because I'm not a size two that I couldn't move? Yeah, and getting the steps quicker and more precise to people who are half my size. So that to me was just, it was a slap in the face. Like, what did you think I was gonna be a slug across the floor? Right. You know, and we did the, the pretty much the basics of what you see the, with, with, um, with the show on TV. Is it with the stars? So I know how to bachata, merengue, salsa. Oh, walk, that's so cool. Single swing, single swing. Um, I know how to do all that. I and mean, we had to put on an actual concert or just the, the showcase what we learned. I, my parents have pictures of me, I was moving. And people who are half my size were struggling to get the part, struggling to get the, um, the moves and the steps. And so for me, that was really irritating. thought he looked at me and thought, she can't move. And when I did, it was like, oh, my God, like I'm not a unicorn or am I? Yeah.
0: So then after high school, where did you go? What did you do? How did the arts play into your life?
1: Um, after high school, I went to college and I did a few things in college. Um, I helped put together like our first dance, our first talent show, danced in that, which was again, people were like, "Oh my God, I a mean, big girl!" I'm like, yeah, gotta do better. I'm like, grow up. <laughs> 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 we're grown. Like, stop. Um, but it was a good experience. Um, and then I think I did my first fashion show. This time twenty one would be two thousand and, God, sixteen. I think. Um, there's a gentleman that was living here named Ricky DeVista. And he did like a battle of designers fashion show every year. And so my sister, um, she's like, "Yo, yeah, you like to wear heels. Why don't you go audition for it? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I ended up going to New Haven because I had Mr. Hartford audition. And I auditioned, I walked, I didn't hear anything back. So I reached out to one of his uh, people on the team and they were like, you didn't get an email. I said, no. And they're like, we want you to walk. So that was my first fashion show. I'll never forget it. We had to walk down a flight of stairs before we got to the runway, and the stairs were literally like a vertical incline, about thirty stairs, and then walk down to throw me to walk. And it was such a rush. Um, it was surreal, and I did it. And I said, like, "Okay, this I have to keep doing this." So that's why I got into modeling. And so, yeah, after that, I just. Went to New York. I did casting calls. Uh, my my model coach is a five feet tall. I mean, just five feet. bald head, uh, black woman by the name of Jeannie Ferguson. She is phenomenal. Wow. Uh, when I mean powerhouse, what like? And she she's so um, raw, and because mm-hmm. that's her passion, and she wants to help people get to where they want to be. She is not from the faint of heart. She gives it to you straight, no chaser. So I started to yeah. invest in myself. Um, I felt like if you have a craft or a goal or a dream, you know everything's not going to be free, and you have to know that too, because things are. If, if it's worth having, it's worth investing in. And if it's if it's personal, then you gotta you gotta give yourself the best. So um, so yeah, I I sought out people to help me to to mentor to uh, put me in the right direction, and I think I've been very 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 blessed along these years to find people to have in my corner to support and encourage, and to give me positive and um, real feedback to just continue to, to grow my talent. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. So I'd love to talk a little more about your modeling experiences and uh, what has it been like to be in that plus size model world?
1: Um, being a model is, it's awesome. I absolutely love it. It does have its challenges it's, it's multifaceted. So one thing you have to have is tough skin. Yeah. You have to know that if you get told no, um, it's not necessarily a person. It's not personal. Whoever's yeah. doing the casting has their vision for what this production or the show, whatever you're auditioning for, is supposed to look like. And sometimes you have the talent, but you don't fit what they're looking for. And so it's, it's taking that no and making it a not right now or making it, a, okay, try again later. And so I think that's a big part of it. Um, I've come across some amazing model sisters who are not afraid to say your name in a different room or a different casting director or somebody who's looking at, to actually have people come in. They they really do support. We support each other. You know, if I can't do something or if it's not my, if it's not my forte, I'm saying, hey, call my friend so-and-so because she does this. Um, I have, a, I have two friends who are sign models mm-hmm. and I'm like, you guys are like my, like my agents. She sends me stuff all the time and I've gotten booked from, from things that she sent me. Um, so I think overall, my experience has been awesome. Unfortunately, the negative parts of it is um, I'm a black woman. So yeah. that's a negative part. But when I go to a casting call or to a show, I've encountered some makeup artists who don't know how to match my skin. That must be really hard. It's very, very frustrating. And so one of the things I was taught by G is you need to to do your own makeup at very minimum. You know how to do your, minimum, yeah. to do your foundation, concealer some eyeshadow, just a nice, simple, simple beat because nobody really wants that avant-garde stuff. If they do, they're going to provide that, but mm-hmm. always go with your stuff. So I've encountered makeup artists who couldn't match me, who couldn't do my hair. I have I have naturally kinky, coily hair, um, very small ringlets. They don't know how to do my hair. Um, some people have plus size and it's really not plus size. It's like a size eight, 10. And I mean, that's the yeah. smaller end of full size, but they don't have the full and modeling or the bit, exactly. They don't have the, for the bigger girls. And I've seen women who are not Ashley Graham shape, which is that X or Coke bottle shape that don't get picked because their shape is different. I'm just like, yeah. how are we even fitting within the plus size world? It's so we're true. Already, we're already having to forge our own path. And you still want people to be cookie cutter uh, sizes and shapes. Right. Women are beautiful. We're not all cut and built the same. I'm short, but I have long legs. I am five, four and a half. I have long legs. I do torso. Some women are smaller torso. And, and I mean, it's just, we come in so many different shapes and forms. Why do you, a casting director, a brand, still want to constrict who you look for and what your standard of the beauty is, even within our own community?
0: Yeah. There's such a hierarchy to it. It's so weird.
1: Absolutely, it's 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 honestly it's disturbing sometimes. Um. So, but for me overall, again having that that coach having somebody in my corner, giving me tips tricks, um, it's very helpful. But you have to have tough skin. And now in this wave of COVID and virtual social media. That's to be your own content creator. You have to get creative. You have to yeah. really reach down and, and be different from the other women while still supporting each other. You know, I love to, to, to support and to repost my friends because why not? I'm not you. You're not me. And so for me, it's been I think now I'm, such an, I'm in a, 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 such a sweet spot where I'm confident in who I am. I'm comfortable where I am. And my journey is mine. And I think I've, I've, I'm out of the phase of looking at people that I know and don't know and say, oh, why didn't I get that? Why can't I? It's not about that. Yeah. It's about what, what can I do and what's made for me and walking in that. And so I think that experience overall is, is what matters. But just being very privy to just, you know, even even we get paid, you know, asking or saying, hey, here are my fees. I had to learn that. So somebody did this. A designer, young designer, reached out to me to model for her and said, okay, well, you models have to pay $30 for the photographer. And I said, well, can we talk? So I called her and I said, just, just to kind of a rule of thumb, when you reach out to a model, they, we're not expecting to say I have to pay a fee because yeah. you called me. Right. I, I'm not naming model like Tyra Banks, but I am pretty seasoned to where I now have my own fees. And so you should expect a model who kind of knows their stuff to say, well, here are my fees. Or we can negotiate whatever you can do. Because you asked me. When I call a photographer, I'm paying the photographer. If they call me, they're going to either pay me or it's trade for pics. And I had to tell her that. She was just like, it was a great conversation. She's very receptive to what I was saying to her. And I had to tell her, like, I'm even getting used to saying, here's my fee sheet. Here's yeah. my list. Yeah, Because it, it can, you know, sometimes when you put a price on your, your attributes or your gifting, then people look at you like, oh, never mind. Like, whoa. Well, you want to get paid so this is my crap why wouldn't I want to get paid you know I think that's another issue that we have is that people don't want to pay when we have the that models who are who are not black and brown are getting paid more um so it's just a lot of things are happening and being uncovered that are being changed from what I can tell yeah and it's been a long time coming it's been a long time coming um even seeing colorism amongst women of color you know like some some brands use the same models for all these campaigns, the same shape models, the same color models. Mm-hmm. They're fair skinned Black women or fair skinned Hispanic women. And so there's still so much to be dismantled when it comes to the, 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 the thought of beauty and what that looks like within our own culture, our own. Because this is, first size is really, we're our own, our own um, identity. You know, we're not straight size models. We're still coming out from behind the shadows, if you will, and being sought after. And so I think there's a lot to do to continue to open doors and to break down these barriers that society set up for us.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting what you've been saying about like the hierarchy within the plus size community and within modeling and like how colorism shows up in that, how like being the proper shape and size shows up in that. It's, it's fascinating because it you do want it to be a community, but at the same time, we do have to acknowledge that everybody in the community obviously is having very different experiences. Even everybody who's like, who is the same race, who is the same size, like there, there's so much within that, that's still like sort of according to the same like hierarchy of Western beauty standards and white supremacy, but that is so much yeah. more subtle. And that I I think people outside of the community are not aware of that yet.
1: No, and they're kind of the ones that are committing the microaggressions. Don't know yeah. Me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They don't like people don't realize how they elevate a certain body type over another body type or a, like a lighter skin color over a darker skin color. But um, they do.
1: Exactly. it's all
0: there it's like when the representation you're choosing is the most acceptable version of that over and over and over again when like you're like oh yeah no all the black actors we have in this thing are all light skinned. all the all the plus size yep. folks we have in this fashion show are all hourglasses who have like what you said the coke bottle like body shape
1: yeah you're still shutting you're still saying this is this is what this is what beauty is folks yes without saying yeah
0: and it's like it's like oh you're a little bit closer to what the beauty standard is, even though you're still part of this category. So we get that like bonus diversity points, right?
1: Exactly. Like yeah. oh well you you're not quite there yet, but just keep. Well I can't. I'm not gonna get lighter. I can't form my body. People have trouble looking at their bodies and 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 loving themselves, and then you're just making it even harder to do that by saying you don't fit my my style, my standard. I just think it's really, really awful, even with acting. I'm so tired of seeing plus size women playing the insecure fat friend or the friend that gets chosen after the handsome man with the six pack realizes that the skinny friend is a hoe and that the big girl is going to hold him down. Like, I'm tired of seeing that or the the, the big friend can't dress. I'm tired of seeing these plus size women in these shows and these TV shows and movies, and their outfits are not. Fitting appropriately, or they don't match like it's just it's mind-blowing when I see somebody do that. I was like, that is not who we are. It's so like, weird. No?
0: And it like it also weirdly makes me sometimes doubt my own experience. Cause I'm like, oh wait, if this is all anybody's seeing on the TV, that means that's probably how they're viewing me as one of these exactly. types of characters. And like I'm having this internal experience that is so different than that and so much more complex than that. Because like, duh, I'm a person. You know what I mean? And like, we're all having that. Hello. So <laughs> then it's like so jarring to think like that's all anybody sees of you. And it's like, it's, it makes it like weirdly hard to trust people and hard to like believe that somebody sees you as a full human being and not just as a stereotype, especially when they don't know you all.
1: Exactly. And that's what we have to get away from. It's, it's, and again, when people see us and <clears throat> how we are confident. And how we feel sexy and how we are sexy and are beautiful and are talented. And how that's not a (laughs) punchline.
0: A punchline or a tragedy where it's like, so I see this like manifested in two ways when a plus size character has positive qualities. Either it's like, how sad that they have so many good qualities, but they're not like skinny. Or it's like... Or it's, like, that, like, wow, lol, can you believe how confident that fat bitch is? And and it's like,
1: who the the fuck are you? Why did you think that that makes sense? That's not a compliment. Oh, my God, you're 50 for a big girl. No, I'm just pretty. Like, what? Yeah. Also,
0: like, confidence not a personality. People with all different kinds of personalities are confident. I wish that. People understood this. It's not, like, one thing that you are. And it's, like, so much more complicated than that, too. And, like, I get that yes, that's hard to show, are,
1: but... <sighs> it's layered. We're layered people. But I am so tired of this. I am I am so tired. And the more I dive in and dig and talk to people and... And so and I, I now have an agency representing me. And it's Propel Models in Connecticut. And the woman in charge of it name is Tina Radigan. And we talked for, like, an hour. And she literally said to me, you know, I love um your your character, I love the vibe you set off, watching your, your stuff on social media. For me, I'm on a health and wellness journey. I want to be healthier. Healthier does not e- equal skinny. And I've had to check a few women who I'm not gonna say who've messaged me, oh, you're losing weight and how are you a plus size anything? And first of all, I'm still a size 16, 18. I still weigh about 255 pounds. I am nowhere near skinny, and I don't want to be skinny. It's about, I love this body. I want to make sure this body is strong. And you can be plus size. I work out five days a week. I box one day a week, and I go to there four days a week. And I do training with people who are half my size. And I can beat when we do races and running and bear crawling, I'm not the last person all the time anymore because I've grown my stamina. I've grown the performance, but I want to make sure this temple my body my plus size body can move it's strong it's not about being skinny i don't want to be skinny i want to be healthy and allowing us as a community for women know that that doesn't mean skinny it doesn't mean skinny it just means healthy it means eating better it means knowing that your body is capable to do amazing things but what are we doing to nurture that you know so it's just right and again, my gym, you know, I walked in, and unfortunately, my friend who has since passed on was the owner. And he said to me, I said, you know, I let him know we had a one-on-one session. He was very, 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 very um, handsome. And we're like, I said, him as an older brother, but he to have eyes. Um, very, very handsome young man, um, very sweet, very caring. And I said to him, I said, you know, a lot of women like me, or plus size, will look at men like you and be intimidated and feel like he would never like me because I have rules and I have a and I'm And he looked at me, and he was like, really? And he, you know, again, works out, worked out, worked out when he was alive, worked out a lot, great physique. And I said, a lot of girls, women plus, size. I said, I used to be that girl that would think he would never like me. I'm I'm too big. And he was mind blown because he's like, well, I, I think you're beautiful. I think women who are plus size are beautiful. I don't I don't see, I, I don't understand that. And most men are very simple. We don't see that. But we do. I think because that's not how he sees us and how he goes again, he since he's been gone, he passed away a uh, like, this time last year, actually. Um, he's no longer with us. Um, but his gym, the the environment wasn't that. He literally wanted everybody to come in and be comfortable. He wanted to have that environment for the gym as far as come as you are. And I said, that's wonderful. And the things that gyms don't do that my friend did, and, and again, he's not here anymore. So the, the new owner and, and people in charge are doing this still is you're showcasing plus size people working out. People need to normalize and see people who are, who are plus size working out and making strides and getting stronger. And that allows other people who may be less confident or feel like they can't go into a gym to look at a certain size comfortable to go. And right. so when I told him that, he said, well, thank you, because now I know that sometimes this is what women look for, or it deters them in men from coming into a place where they think that they're not welcome, or that, totally, they're, not wise, totally. or that they're, not, they're not worthy to be in this place. And so that's why I think for him, it was like, what? Because he never, I've known his man for 18 years, since I, was, since I was 18 years old, he had never fat shamed somebody before. Everybody he encountered, it was always love, women and men included, um big girls he would hug on and you know how you doing queen and he always had this air of just wanting to uplift the person he's talking to up and so I think that's why he was like really Brent and I'm like but he also knows me and he's like well that's not true I said no not anymore but when I was younger absolutely I would look at somebody and think they have a six pack and they are fit. they're not gonna like me I'm too big for them and again, I was a hundred times lighter than what I am now. Yeah. And now my mindset is, if you don't like me, that's your loss. Mm-hmm. But and not everybody has that. Not all, not all women and men are comfortable in their skin to feel confident, to know that I am worthy of attention and love and genuine, you know, attraction and, and genuine just having that companionship. So people still don't feel like they're worthy of that based on how they look. And that has to end. It just, it has to. It has to.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I think a lot of men feel this way as well. Um, Like, obviously, you've got, like, the whole intel community and all of that. And even on, like, a smaller scale, like, lots of men are insecure, too. We've just, we Mm -hmm. just have this, like, collective cultural idea that, like, to be worthy of love, you have to look a certain way. And, like, it definitely is worse for women. But it's, like, (laughs) it's funny to think about because I'm, like, okay, I have, like, relatives who looked like me. You know what I mean? They yeah. had children. I'm here. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. Um, And I also... Um, I'm glad you brought up how fat people are so excluded from the fitness community so much of the time. And so that at a point, like, I made this TikTok a while back about um, how I joined, like, a kind of fancier gym. And mm-hmm. I was, like, really like I suddenly had all this like baggage about going when before I would just been going to like rec centers and it was um, like really chill. And suddenly I felt very judged at the gym and like Mm -hmm. everybody was nice to me. Nobody said anything outright. I don't know for sure that they were all judging me or that they all cared, you know? I mean, I think that, I just was on such high alert because of what's happened to me in the past and what I know to be true about like the cultural ideas around fat people and like feeling like every moment in I spend in the gym is a moment where I have to like be proving these stereotypes wrong. Yeah and like yep. I can't work to I can't work out too hard because I don't want them to see me out of breath. I can't work out too too not hard because I don't want them to think I'm lazy like it's um and so much of that is coming from me but it it is also coming from like the rest of the world so I feel like the change that needs to happen is like we can definitely do a lot on an individual level like your friend did and like make spaces as welcoming as possible as explicitly as possible possible but also like there needs to be like a larger cultural shift which I think might be happening on some scale if you see people like Meg Boggs online posting like fitness content who are fat and who are just like um, doing it for the love of it and for the like health benefits and all those things Um, so I think that like featuring fat people in fitness marketing is a huge Mm -hmm. huge huge boon to like having a more welcoming space. And yo, if you're a fitness company making more money, because literally like something like what, 67% of Americans are like in the overweight or obese category or whatever. Like, hello, like that's a bunch of money that you could be making if you just made your spaces a little more inclusive. And I think that though, I think wellness culture is sometimes like diet culture, pretending that it's not about looking skinny. Um, I do also think that like the shift toward wellness and like health and like definitely health is not achievable for everyone. And a lot of times these like health frameworks really leave out people with chronic illness, people who are disabled. Yeah. Um. So we need to definitely be conscious of that when talking about it. But I do think that like there is a, a world in which the shift toward wellness could open the fitness space to. Uh, fat people in a more inclusive way like that language to me feels like it might have potential yes absolutely but as it's being
1: used now <laughs> it's teetering it's teetering and it's certain yeah. brands like i see, like nike they have plus size now and i'm like thank you they were black lives matter first they they did the plus size bodies i'm seeing like i love adidas I, I box now so i have adidas gloves i have i love ivy park stuff and Beyonce, she's always focusing now on her on her campaign side so park, part at least one or two plus size uh, bodies. And so for me, it's like I'm looking at brands who are already marketing my my size, who I can look in that. And like I go to Dicks and I see plus size sizes on the on the size rack. I need to go somewhere where yeah. I know that I can purchase something off. I hate online shopping, so I, it's like, oh, well they're on certain sizes are online, why are they not in the store? i'm in the store i'm here why why are they not here
0: plus like by the way plus size bodies are built so differently like
1: we need to be able to try shit on thank you and i mean i got so so again like you said when you're in the gym right and you're running and so you're right when you go like i went to edge you go in there and everybody knows you predominantly you know they're caucasian or they're this color or that they're black but they're like tone and fit and they're looking at you in a treadmill like like bitch i'm i'm gonna run you can run too. i am a run. I'm a sweat mind your business. I- I've seen that. I've seen people look at me as people I've gone with and in, in a, sometimes in amazement that I'm running on a treadmill. Yeah. Or that I'm in the weight room lifting. I can I can I can squat one ninety in a bar. I can deadlift three twenty. But to them that's oh my God, how did you to me it's like this is breakfast. What do you mean? Yeah, like, I do this. And so we have to come out of that. Like you just, again, the amazement, the shock. Why is that even a thought that because someone's big and fat or plus or whatever, that they can do this. And this is, oh my God, this is like a phenomenon. It's not, you're just small minded. Like come out of your own box. Um, And then again, the brands, Fabletics, I love them. You go to a store, you will see plus size mannequins. The yeah. first thing I see at my store here is a plus size mannequin. If they have more of that, people will feel more compelled They'll see that this, this fitness and this health and wellness industry is for us. And, you know, we need to see more HelloFresh, big person, Nike, big person, Adidas. I would love to work with Adidas and Nike this year. That is on my goal list because I work out. Their clothes actually do me well. I've had brands that they're rolling down. My food pods hanging out like I want to be held in so I can get this money. So I can run and not worry about my pants falling down. Yeah. I got thighs. I got butt. I want it and I love them. I'm sexy in it, but I want to be, I want to be held in so I can, I can move seamlessly. Right. So you need
0: clothes that like enable you to actually do the thing.
1: Exact performance. It needs to be able to perform right. with me. Right. And if it doesn't, then let's come back to your drawing board and figure out why it's not. Exactly. It, it, everything has to have a purpose. And if the purpose is not to help me figure out me and to pour into me, then I can't do it. I just can't.
0: And if you're a person who is like passionate about fat phobia, ending fat phobia and fat inclusion, um, especially in these kinds of spaces, a great thing that you actually can do is only give your money to the brands that are featuring fat models, fat mannequins, plus sizes in the store. So like that's an actual actionable thing that we can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and before we move on, I do also want to say that, like, no one's obligated to pursue health. No one's obligated to work out. That's 100% uh, a personal choice. And for a society that's so obsessed with personal choices, it's uh, it's kind of funny how people cannot stand when a person's personal choice is not to be as healthy as they can be. Or, like, you know, because it also has so much to do with accessibility and with... Yeah. Um, with like, I mean, obviously stigma is a piece and certainly yeah. with socioeconomic stuff. So it's, like- It's a
1: true thing.
0: And same with healthy foods too. Like it takes so much
1: time yes. and energy and preparation. I was in a, a dance video that I went viral last year and um, dance your pounds off. I don't know if you follow Monique, the, the uh, comedian, but she danced with this, this guy named Dwight Holt Jr. And that's a form of working out. And so he came to Connecticut last year for, um, for an event. And myself and another young lady, she's she's also plus size. We battled it out essentially for our sides, and this video went viral. It was it has like a million views. I didn't know that was going to happen, and so I'm on Facebook because he posted on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, I go on and I'm reading the comments, and this older woman leaves this comment like, "Oh, this is nice, but they should stop eating."
0: Yeah, people love to just be like, "Just stop eating," like. <laughs> Bro, I'll die. Do you do you mean die? Because just say die if you
1: mean die. So oh, somebody said, "You old bitch. What do you mean? Stop eating? They have to eat to live." People were going off on this woman in the comments. They that's great. In, like, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" So I said, I commented to her version and I said, "You sound really ignorant to tell somebody to stop eating when we all need to eat to sustain life." I said, "At the end of the day." Your old ass couldn't get up there and do anything that we just did. So you need to just stay in the comments, mind your business, drink your water, and keep on scrolling. But people were going off on this woman. People were ragging her in the comments. They were going in, and one lady lady was like, well, Brittany's a a pageant queen, and she rocked this, and she won swimwear and talent in the crown, and then the other young lady has her own dance studio, and you need to look into these old women before you talk about them people were, and these people, I don't know, but they looked me up, and looked the other person up, like she should have done, and was rattling off, like, these women are phenomenal, do you know what they do, yeah. what they've done? And I just, it was like, wow, I was like, thank you guys, if somebody that yeah. a little, let's, let, let, let's try to be nice, or disrespectful, because she's, she's an older woman, and even that generation, generations, the older generation, they don't understand it, They we walk around with crop tops on and stuff, and they're like, oh, we used to wear a third or we didn't show that and right so even generational um stereotypes and just what, what's normal for them and us you can see is a huge difference um yeah. they're struggling to kind of my mother is a big supporter of, of mine and she's like oh poo poo that's my nickname <laughs> around. and I was like so she's like I mean you look good but I didn't my uncles of course uncles they're like oh well you're my niece and I don't want I'm like okay but it's not don't love <laughs> that exactly like just relax um yeah. so it's it's just we're getting all these different ideals ideas of of beauty and standards of beauty and what's acceptable from different angles at one time it can be a lot yeah now before we move on to talking more about representation i have to ask
0: you about being a pageant queen that's so cool what was that like
1: it is um so, again, back to when I went to my modeling class with Jenny Ferguson, a, a, a woman comes in a lot and she'll, you know, scout for young, young ladies. Her name is Teresa Randolph, and she is the creator and founder of Miss Bull day USA. Um, she has been in pageantry for 33 years. And last year, I said, you know what? Let me embark on this. Let me start my own journey. Let's figure out ways to to get me out of my rut and to just kind of, you know, push past what I've been doing and, and go up a notch. So I called her. I said, hey, I want to do the pageant, you know. Um, shortly after that, my mom was diagnosed was stage four cancer. So I was going to pull from the pageant. And my mom said, no, I'm going to still be here when you win. I was just crying. Like, I don't know. My, my dad's been gone. So it's actually his, his five-year anniversary of my dad passing. So um, it was a little, a little emotional for me. She said, no, you need to do it. So I started my journey. My, my platform was health and wellness, mind, body, and soul. I'm, I'm, I'm showcasing my, my my journey. I used to wear a knee brace because my knees hurt a lot. I couldn't do lunges. I couldn't do a lot of different things. And I'm showcasing how over the months, that's, that's gradually getting better. And then you're in a pandemic. You're stuck at home. Your mental people mental state was really tried. It was really, yeah. really, um, it was heavy. You can't do anything. You can't see your family. We need human interaction. That's cut off. And then the spirit, your soul, whatever you, you know, pray to or whatever you believe in. I think people were really finding themselves in that, in that sense too, and in, in, in helping themselves self-reflect and just continue to grow in the process. And so I try my best to showcase all three of those things throughout this pageantry journey and community service work and sisterhood. You know, I knew other plus size women who we're going to be pageant queens or pageant delegates and we were doing this together so now I have another tribe of women that look like me that have the same thing that I'm dealing with. What in the hell? That never happens so why not? And throughout the whole time we became like true sisters. Yes, it's a competition. Somebody had to win. One of my close friends that lives here, Sheena Pastel, her and I who are both from here were very, very, very close. She's like a sister to me and our friendship is just as strong as it was before we entered this packet together. And I ended up winning um, the, the actual crown and she came in runner up for first runner up. So we both took oh. home the top two uh, titles for Connecticut. Uh, but we, we, all of us, all the women involved, we were doing this together and you need that. And so it made me make more content. It made me throw away fear of people not liking my content, retracting what I'm showing and I gained more followers, but it was genuine. People were like, oh, my God, I can relate to this young lady. I had women I didn't know meet me at my gym because they, were see- they, they saw me there and said, oh, my God, you're comfortable. You're welcome there. Let me come go with you. Yeah, And so a, a lot of women started with me to the gym or reaching out to the gym and saying, hey, I want to sign up. And so for me, it helped me love myself even more. And allow other people to find their light in the process. So for me, it was really it it, it it did what it needed to do. And so I had sponsors because pageantry is not cheap. You have your pageant fees, and then I had to pay for the categories like swimwear, talent, fashionista. Those were additional monies. So you know I had sponsors. I think I only pay out of pocket for the pageant, maybe my hotel and like my shoes and my hair and makeup. Everything else with my community, my church, my family, my friends, I was able to go there. I had a stylist. My cousin is a stylist. We helped, he helped me figure out all my looks for the whole thing. Um, and when I got there, my mom was actually in the hospital. I didn't say this to anybody. I just kind of helped to myself because I wanted to be um, I wanted to be focused. And when I got there, I said, all right, Brent, just be yourself. Be yourself, put your best foot forward, and have fun. Pageantry Um, it's, it's a serious thing because you want to win, but it's also about having fun. And I think it allowed me to uncover more parts of myself. I didn't know. And so, um, I did swimwear, I did talent and I did fashionista, which is like a fashion forward, you know, look. And so the first night was question and answer. What's your pageant platform? You had to ask, you had to answer a question. I knocked it out of the park. Again, I stutter, I talk fast. In that moment, you would have never known that ever happened. You would have never known. We um, had to wear pantsuits, put on my life's nice eloquence, strong power suit, killed it. Next day was the pageant. And so, it's a room full of people. Room full of people on the stage with your sisters, with your family, and your friends, rooting you on. And it was so, it's still surreal to this day. You walk out there and it's it's you and then it's the audience and you have to shine. And so I went out there with the mindset of, Brittany, be Brittany. Don't try to be somebody else. Be you. This is you against you. Yes, a women are in it. They, they want the title too, but this is you against you. If I don't do something right, it's because I didn't do it. not because somebody else didn't do it for me. So I went out there, I smiled and I had fun and I didn't have the mindset of, I'm going to win this. It was, Brittany, have fun. Let your personality show through. They're going to see that. Um, I love to wear heels. And we had to have three and heels minimum. Mine's a four and a half. And I, I heard feedback after. Somebody, one of the judges, oh, my God, she had, she was rocking these heels. And she was confident. And again, plus size, some women like they can't do it. Yes, you can. But I went out there. And I just had a ball. I, 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 went, I ended up winning swimwear category. I had fashion to figure swimwear outfit on from Tabria Majors. And it was a laser cutout. So I had cutouts all over. And I was going to wear a cover-up. And my cousin said, don't you put on no fucking cover-up. And I'm glad I did. Because when I walk on that stage, audience interaction is such a huge part of it, too. Everybody was out of their seats. All I heard was, whoa! Oh, my God! And I'm just like, this is for me. What? And it was just, it was surreal. Then I did the talent, and I did spoken word again. My my training from the from the academy of the arts. Um, I did Nikki Giovanni's Ego Tripping, which is a, a fairly it's an older older piece. Um, so it was funny to see and to hear people of that generation saying the words with me. But I went after they said, do need do need music. A microphone, I said no, I just need the stage. And I commanded that presence and I won talent category two. And then when they got to the crowning, me and I being my my fresh unit were like, all right, all right, bitch, one of us gonna take this. We both gonna take this. So we already said we we our goal is to take first and second. I didn't know till that night, it was only first and second. So as I'm up there, and they say First runner-up, and they say her name. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, and I kind of thought she was. I really thought she was gonna win. Um, again, I just, I didn't go into it with a, I'm gonna win, but I knew one of us had to take it home. So I'm just like, and I said, listen, if she wins, we both still win because we're friends, we're like sisters, and we're from the same damn state. So, and that's just that sisterhood. If you win, I still win. So it's about me. It's about us. So, when they said her name, it clicked that there's only two titles. And the person that I, it wasn't my name. And I can see my cousin in the back. and He's hopping up. He has on this sequin blazer, so you can't miss him. And he's jumping up and down. I'm just like, I said, Brittany, it's three of the contestants. It don't got to be you. It, it's not you, do, just wait. And when they ever said, first place winner, Brittany Wilborn, I was just, I studied did. I was like, wait, what? So it was just awesome. I, again, I didn't expect to win. I went into it to have fun and to push myself. And I did. And I gained, I gained followers that could relate to me, that talked to me. They would message me. I'd message back. Somebody even was like, oh my God, you applied. I said, well, why wouldn't I apply? I, I'm not higher than anybody else. I'm just doing something different. So if you want to ask me a question, ask me a question. I'm going to answer you. I want people to engage with me and to ask questions and to grow. And and I'm hoping that my walk and my journey helps other women and men find their place and find their confidence and find their niche because we all deserve to be happy. And we all have talents and gifts that we all should use together as a collective. There is room at the table. And if there's not, bring your own damn table.
0: I love when you said, um, if you win, I win, because that's how I'm trying to think of That's how I've started to think of other plus-size actresses. When I was younger, I used to feel very competitive with other people who looked like me because I was told that there could only be one. And now I think, oh, my God, if there's a fat person in that, that means I could be in something like that. So it's a really great way to reframe this and think of it more as like a full community thing. It is. Um, I want to ask you now about uh, any representations of fatness or fat characters that you grew up with or that are important to you now?
1: Mm, okay, so it's, it's, it's the male. I love Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince. Mm. That, for me, you, you never saw a plus size person, let alone a male. And so Uncle Phil, was the, he was large. He was larger than life. And he played that damn role. Nobody else could have played that role. Nobody. So for me, growing up, Uncle Phil, absolutely. Somebody I could look to and say, oh, my God. It was just him. But he did that damn thing. And rest his because so, he's not here anymore. Um, he did that damn thing. You know, he baited. He, he allowed people to see themselves on screen. Um, I love Janet Jackson. And I know, and today her mm-hmm. documentary uh, comes out, but she's somebody that I've seen over the years, her weight fluctuate up and down. And I remember when she played in The Professor, she was at one of her bigger weights. And I felt like, oh my God, if Janet Jackson could be plus size in this, in this, in this role, then why can't I, you know, why am I not accepted? And again, I've seen her fluctuate over the years. I'm an avid. I love her so much. But that's somebody that I that has said before that that her weight fluctuates and that she struggled with that and why. And to be able to see her in in both perspectives, is kind of refreshing because it's like okay, if this person who has all this fame and all this money and all this clout can can be comfortable or at least can show comfortable in their skin, then why can't I? I followed this young lady on Instagram. Hashtag book, I believe was her page. I've got her name. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't remember either, but I'm
0: obsessed with that account.
1: She is awesome. She's in Mm -hmm. movies and shows. Tanya Kennedy. She's also another one. Jill Scott. She was in Tyler Perry's movie. She played in Get On Up, which has Bozeman as his wife, as as James Brown's wife. Um, Octavia Spencer plus size women queen latifah queen mm. latifah i love her
0: yeah
1: akira armstrong pretty big movement i'm a pretty big ambassador
0: mm. yes i'm um,
1: with her and so beyonce i think she was one of the first artists to showcase plus size bodies of her videos when she came out with the beauty album yeah and it was the video album akira and shar i think her name is char tiontra those are the two women who are plus size that were in the videos with her Yes, I used to wake up every day in college and I would learn, I learned all the this to all those videos. I was always watching Akira. So when I met her, I was like, I love you. You look like me. Oh, I've been watching you in these videos. And when I'm learning the dance, I'm watching you. And when I did my first competition years ago in New York at the of Crevacious, she choreographed our Beyonce number. And wow. so on YouTube, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'm the very first. I'm the I'm the tip of the back to one number, and that's Akira Armstrong's um, choreography, and I'm it's all plus size women, and I'm at the top, and we tilt that dance. But when I met her, I was so starstruck, and Akira and I, I, I'm an ambassador for Pretty Big. They just picked up her story for HBO. Wow, which is amazing. That's so yes. cool. And so she's been. And I always say to her, Kira, I love you. You just because I love to this is my first passion. This is my first passion. So seeing someone that looks like me breaking down those barriers and saying, hey, I can move to Amanda LeCount. Oh, that's my girl. Oh, amazing. I actually gotta talk, got to talk to her like this. I'm part of the Kirby Art Collective on Instagram. Cool. And that's Marley. And that oh, yeah, yeah. was yeah. the They've both been on the podcast. So, <laughs> yes. So both of them, those are my girls. They support me. I support them. So those women, they are heard by our names, both, both very, very famous and on their way to stardom because they are, mm-hmm. are amazing women. And you and this podcast, this platform. Thank you for giving us a space to do this. Um, we need to. I've been thinking of a podcast for a while, I haven't yet. But but you are proof that it's necessary and that it can be done, and it has to be done. So thank you.
0: Um. Oh my God. Thank you. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. And um, I love what you're that you're representing in pageants and modeling as well, because I think that's like so important and so necessary. Yeah. So, okay. So my last question for you is what can people be doing to combat fat phobia in the entertainment industry?
1: So one thing I was always told about by Jeannie um, when I asked the whole truth today is if there is an audition or if there's a casting and it says, I don't know, five, eight, between sizes, uh, what, zero to eight, still go. <laughs> still go, show up. Mm-hmm. Show up and show the hell out. All they can do is say no or you show them that they need you. Mm-hmm. So if there are a casting card that you know you can do, that you want to embody, go, show up. If they're not being seen, create your own. Get a tripod, use your phone, find a role that you like or a monologue or whatever. Record yourself doing it. Post it. Send it out. All that can happen is either A, they'll say no, or two, they'll say yes. And if you see stuff that you want to do, create your own lane. There are so many avenues to do things now that don't require the state-of-the-art stuff that you think it, it needs. At people, call people, email people, hear each other's stories. Like If people are getting booked and getting gigs, like it, comment, reshare, repost. We have to build this community up. So I feel like if we're all on the same page and supporting each other, then all we can do is see and grow. So we have to support each other. Like you said, if one of us you know, if one of us is represented, then that person may pay the way for more people to come behind them. So support, 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 create content. Don't be fearful, show your body, show yourself. yeah, go to the casting call, go to the audition. Submit your pictures. And if you they don't get it, make your own. What would you say to people who either are not plus size or who work in
0: the industry?
1: Open your eyes. Realize that plus size is not a fad. We've always been here. We're going to always be here. And stop making roles that are condescending to who we are and that fit into a stupid stereotype. Ask somebody how do they feel. Talk about it. Get some good wardrobe. We, we can be sexy and be plus size. Get good wardrobe and open your eyes and open your, your horizons to somebody other than a size two, four, or six. Um, and don't think plus size is, oh, I'm a size 10. No, cast a size 22. Cast a size 18. Cast a size 28. Don't say, oh, they're a size 810, so they're going to be, no. Cast. Cast larger. Focus yeah. on talent.
0: I would add fat face does not equal fat body. <laughs> it does exactly. not equal
1: that. <laughs> Exactly. And don't keep picking the same body types in the same colors. Be diverse. For the allies, I have a class tonight at seven o'clock. My friend Kamari Artis. She's a phenomenal dancer. When I and I've had my moments where I'm like, Oh, you know, my knee may hurt or I am in mean, she's like Brittany, dance is home for you. So when I work with you I don't see a plus size of woman. I see somebody who's just a dancer, and yeah. so she kind of really lights that fire. So if you're an ally, somebody that 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 wants to see more people represented, more bodies, more plus bodies, continue to support us. Continue to create spaces that are safe for us. Continue to encourage us, and continue to, you know, just just be a supporter, friend. Yeah, and it does so much when
0: you make it clear that your space is open to all bodies. I literally went to my therapist because on Psychology Today, like mm-hmm. body issues and body positivity, like was listed on as like one of her like skill sets.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. But we need more of it. We yeah, need more, we do. We need more of it. And it needs to be us doing it because we're the ones that are living it. I'm tired of people telling me how I should feel and what I should wear. And look. you're not in this body. Ask me. I'll talk to you about it. But you know, just show up for yourself. Show up for yourself or how, however that may look and stop letting other people dictate what that looks like. Because at the end of the day, they're not in these bodies. We are.
0: Yes. Brittany, you should do Ted Talk. You're so inspirational.
1: Girl, listen, somebody else said that to me the other day and I'm just Yeah. It's a sign. Um yeah, I really, really want to do public speaking engagement events it's like mm-hmm. that. Like, I want that to be besides the acting and the modeling and dancing. I want that to be like my full time job.
0: Yeah, you'd be amazing at it. You, you must.
1: Oh man, you just okay. <laughs> now I gotta do. I, I, yeah, now it's I, out there on a public
0: podcast, so everyone's gonna hold you to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I submit it, I'm gonna let you know
0: first, Abby. Absolutely, and we will share it on social media. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so glad we got to have this conversation, despite, I don't know, I don't know how obvious it's going to be to people, but we have had so many technological difficulties today, but we made it through, baby, here we are, Um, and I'm so glad that we got to chat, Uh, so I wish you all the best, Um, definitely, you must keep us all updated on your TED Talk, your future TED Talk, and all the progress you're making in life, in your career, and um, Yeah, like, I I just feel like so much community solidarity after this chat. I love it.
1: Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on here. You are a phenomenal woman. Keep doing this. This platform needs to be heard from every mountaintop, every rooftop, every country, every city. So I hope and I'm very confident that this will continue to grow for you. And I'll be listening on all platforms and i just want to see this go from here to here and for people that are listening that's huge it just needs to be huge thank you
0: oh i hope so let's manifest
1: it's done we said it we put it in atmosphere it's gonna be done yeah
0: well have a great rest of your day Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Also, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at More Than Tracy T. And just tell your friends. Word of mouth is great, too. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash more than Tracy T, where you can get perks like bonus episodes, essays and blog posts by me, and the spicy controversial takes I'll only post behind a thick paywall. We always love to hear from you, so please reach out via Instagram or by emailing morethantracyturnblad@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find all of our past episodes with links to listen on every podcast platform at morethantracyturnblad.com.